This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Welcome to episode 39 of Spin Control. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. I'm going to call this episode a podcast of a different color, and that is because I will be mixing things up a little bit and stirring things up. The segments in the episode won't be in the standard order, but that's because I want to save something specific for the end. But in this episode, I have some knitting, spinning, quite a bit of sewing, a little fibery review... I'm going to top it all off by revealing my big secret. But first, of course, let's kick this off with some updates. First in the lineup for updates, of course, is the Flashback Sock Knit Along. For those of you who are participating, awesome job. Everybody is doing a fantastic work. The chatter on the board is going very smoothly, and I am enjoying it thoroughly. We have five finished objects posted to the Ravelry thread so far which is pretty awesome. I know that most of you are probably like me and still working on those socks, so we don't have finished photos yet. But as a reminder, to enter into the drawing, you need to have your photos of your finished socks posted to the Ravelry thread by the end of the day on February 28th. And everyone who posts their photos by the end of the day on February 28th will be entered into a drawing to win either a copy of Cookie A's new book or a handmade sock project bag donated by myself. And that's really all we have going on in the flashback socks. In addition, in updates, I wanted to let you all know how little Carlin is doing. So originally, I thought that I would have Carlin back by last Wednesday. But unfortunately, the folks over at Louette had a little issue, not with my spinning wheel. Things came up and they weren't able to get the wheel in the post in time for me to get it back last week. So hopefully this coming Monday, she will really start her trip back from Canada to her little home here in the St. Louis Metro East area. So I'm hoping by Friday that she's back home and I get to see her and spin with her because I haven't been for what it's been like maybe three weeks. I miss her, but she's doing fine. And in addition, the last update that I have for you is about my birthday. Yes, I was right. My husband was planning a little something for me and my little something turned out to be a very big something a super duper exciting something that totally made my birthday. So apparently, as good husbands do, he hacked into my Facebook account and invited all of my friends, like every single person on my Facebook list, to attend a surprise party for me. If you didn't get an invitation, I'm really, really sorry, but I kind of reserve the Facebooking for like close friends and family because like I share lots of photos of my kids and things like that, you know, safety over the interwebs and all that good garbage. And you know, try to keep the podcasting nitty business over there on Twitter. But anyhow, he invited everybody. Like folks that I'm associated with because we went to high school with, they didn't attend. That's like they're in Pennsylvania. They're definitely not in this area. But everyone, everyone got an invitation. And much to my surprise, like a million people came out to hang out with us on, on my party. It was awesome. I couldn't believe it. The band was a lot of fun. I call it the band, even though it was a one-man band. And... He was pretty funny and a lot of fun. And we danced our butt off. And like I got a copy of his CD. Unfortunately, it's horrible. (laughs) The CD is definitely not as good as he was live, 
but I might slide a little song from that into the end just for kicks. But the best part about the entire birthday party is that so many people showed up. I mean, I had friends who drove, you know, 45 minutes from the other side of the water to come to my party. Now that's love. The knitters were there, rugby friends were there, neighbors were there. Like folks that never go out came out for me. Even one of the pregnant knitters who was extremely exhausted came all the way out to see me. I love my friends. They are fantastic. And I could not have had a happier birthday. He did a great job, even though the surprise was slightly given away. But that's all right. It's all good. And that, my friends, is all I have in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. As this is a podcast of a different color, I'm going to jump right in to spinning my wheels. And in the past week, I have been a busy little crafter, which is awesome, and I love it. I've gotten a lot done, and like not as much done as I had hoped on some things, but way more on other things. For example, knitting, it was kind of a slow knitting week. The only thing that I've been working on, of course, is the monkey socks and the second line that Cardi for my daughter. She's tiny. Okay, this kid is 13, but she weighs 78 pounds. I don't know. She's over five feet tall. She wears a women's size seven shoe, but she is thin as a rail. It's genetics. My mom's built exactly the same way. But, like, I'm having the hardest time getting to the end of the raglan increases on this top-down sweater. It just seems like it's such a far distance from the top of her shoulders to her armpits. So, I'm following the pattern, kind of, because I think I'm just going to have to continue the increasing until it fits, and then figure out the measurements and the stitch counts for dividing for the sleeves and all of that other stuff. We will have to see how that goes. I'm improvising, but I'm not. It's just some added math. I'm following the pattern, but there may be some additional math, whether I like it or not. We'll have to see. And that's really all I've got going on in knitting. Today is spin group. So when I'm out at Notorious, the local knit shop where spin group is held, I will be picking my yarn for the Camp Kip tank top, which is awesome. The original pattern was knit in linen, and I'm either going to follow that, probably not the same exact yarn that was used, but something very similar. And I don't think I've ever knit with linen, so that would be interesting to try. And, you know, this project gives me a nice excuse to do so. And that's all that's been going on in knitting. In spinning, I've been plugging away on those little half-ounce samples that I've been spinning on the spindle. With Carlin out of reach, it's actually been a really, really nice visit with the spindle. Because in my future, I will be spending quite a bit of time with her. So it's nice to get used to her and figure out exactly what my little tiny, like, one-ounce spindle can do. So, so far, I've spun up five out of ten half-ounce samples, and I will talk more about those in greater detail when I put my spin on it later this episode. It looks like the item that has gotten the most attention in this past week is sewing. I finished up the bags for the giveaway. Those are awesome. They're just like flat drawstring bags with the counting sheep embroidered on the front of them. They're awesome. I totally like them. I love that pattern. I'm so proud of myself. Isn't that horrible? I'm such a nerd. But I got those finished up and I did a mock-up for a DPN case because, well, I own two sets of the Sock Knitter DPNs that Knitpick sells. I really like working with the nickel-plated needles. I totally enjoy them. I haven't had any issues with them. They make me very, very happy. Except the problem I have with Knitpicks is their packaging can be very, very cheap. So the little case that these sets came in is like this awful clear plastic that is ripping apart. 
So I decided I was going to do a mock-up and make my own replacement, and that is so much fun. So I did the first one, and I found that it's a little too floppy for me. So I'm doing another mock-up, and I think I'm going to add some quilting to that so that the fabric is a little sturdier and maybe double up on the stabilizer to see what happens. Like, I don't want it to be really puffy like a heavy batted quilt, but I definitely want it to have a little substance to it so that the needle case doesn't just flop around. So I am, right, like right now in front of me, I have a drawn-out template for the second bag all pinned together, ready to cut. And when I get done recording, I will definitely do that. And I will be sure to post photos and let you guys know how that turns out. And I have it like as a super quick and easy sew. So you know me, I kind of get obsessed. Probably by the time I finish the second mock-up, if I'm happy with it, I'll turn out like 10 of these. <laughs> Just because that's the way I am. And sadly, I don't need 10 of them. But I'll make them because they're really fun and they're super quick and really easy. It's good stuff. I like it a lot. And in addition... I'm debating on whether or not to try to do a mock-up of a replacement for the crappy, like, vinyl bag that came with my Knit Picks options needle. That stupid bag to replace it is like 20 bucks. It's ridiculous. The bag is a piece of crap. No offense, Knit Picks, but it is horrible. Like, first, the zipper stopped zipping. Like, the teeth just would not go together and stay together. And then, the entire, like, pull portion of the zipper snapped off, and there was no replacing it. It... It's just junk. It really is just junk. So I'm trying to make my own and totally replace that. And like I've seen some options needle cases over on Etsy, but most of them are like rolls. And I don't really like the roll case for my own personal use. So I'm really trying to do a zipper top bag. And you know how me and zippers get along, right? So maybe this will be the project that gets me past the hump with inserting zippers. We will definitely have to see how that plays out, and whether or not I succeed this time. I'm nervous, which is probably why I haven't actually started it. My bag's been broken for probably six months now, and I just have not done anything to fix it or replace it. So right now I'm looking for a zipper pouch pattern that I can add inside pockets to, because I really have not been able to find any online. Like, there's a million different cosmetic case bags, or patterns, cosmetic case patterns out there, like for free, and I have books and magazines that all have like zipper pouches in them, but none of them have pockets, so I'm a little nervous about improvising the pocket. I think if I follow the patterns closely enough, I should be able to get the zippers in, and it's just that pocket hump I've got to get over now. So I will be sure to let you know how that goes. And I have a three-day weekend, so hopefully I can get that mocked up on Monday. And that, my friends, appears to be all I've got going on this week in spinning my wheels. This week, I am going to put my spin on five fiber samples that I have spun up. Now, this is how it's going to work. I think I'm going to do a four-part series on these samples. Why, you ask? One, because I am spinning them on the spindle for one, and that is a slower process. So what I've decided is I've spun five. I'm going to review the actual quality of the fiber, how it's spun up, and my initial thoughts on the product. Cool, right? The next week... I am going to ply all these, set the twist, and report back to you how they went through like the soaking and twist setting and how they plied up and give a final overview on all those products. And then I'll do the next five in the same fashion. So over the next month, I'll be talking about these. If you recall, these samples are from the Wisteria box that I got from Spindies. Now, sadly, 
I mean, really sadly, a couple of the listeners went over and signed up for Spinny's Boxes after hearing about them on the show, after I did the donation incentive giveaway, and then, for some reason, they stopped compiling the boxes. However, in my opinion, that does not cancel out the worth of all the independent dyers and fiber processors that contributed to the Spendies box. So I wanted to give ample time to those samples so that you would know, I mean, because they're all still out there. All the folks that contributed to the Spendies box are still out there as independent dyers and fiber processors selling their wares. So I certainly wanted to give you guys information on that so you can go out and try these folks if you haven't already. Not that my opinion means that much, but I like to share. All right, so let's get started. The first sample that I spun up was from Wooly Bully. It is straight merino with a little bit of pinky, purpley, like tinge to it. And my first impression of this merino was that it was extremely, extremely well processed. It was super soft. There was no vegetable matter or anything like that in the little mini bat that I got. And it felt like marshmallows spinning up in my hands. Like if you just touched the fiber with your finger, it was so soft that there was no sensory response. Like you couldn't tell that you were touching anything. That's how soft it was. It wasn't so soft that I had problems spinning it up. It was just really soft. It was beautifully prepared. The dye job was very subtle and beautiful. And my overall impression of spinning that yarn is that it was lovely. I've had a little problems with over-processed merino in the past, and that is not the case with the Wooly Bully Merino that I just spun up. I really, really enjoyed spinning the Wooly Bully Merino. Next, Boho Knitter Chick. Her contribution was superwash merino, bamboo, and nylon. Now, I've never really spun specifically those fibers, but the dye job is super cute. It variegates between a white to a pink to a light purple, and that spun up really smoothly. It was well prepared. I didn't have any problems drafting or any of that stuff. I did, I think, I had to do a little bit of pre-drafting to get the fiber moving, but other than that, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to like, like the final color on the two-ply, I think I'm really going to like that. It's going to be one of my favorites. That was, again, the Boho Knitter Chicks Merino Bamboo and Nylon Superwash. I would definitely go over and check out her shop again to see if there's anything there I like. So that one I definitely approve of so far. We will see how it holds up in the wash. Okay, next. The next one was contributed by Fuzzy Bunny Fibers. That again is an Etsy shop. I will link to these on all the show notes so you can see what I have. Now, this one so far was the fiber that I was most impressed with. Let me tell you why. It is hand-dyed blue-faced luster, right? No bells, no whistles, right? However, what I appreciated most about this fiber is that it is very saturated dye job. It is a very dark purple and a very vibrant pink. And in the past, when I've gotten independently dyed or hand dyed product, fiber specifically, that is this saturated and vibrant, I've noticed that the dye affects the way that it spins up. Like there's usually some residual dye left in the fiber that really makes it stick together or gives you clumps and little things like that, little, like little areas that you have to work past while you're drafting it out because the, that amount of dye has a tendency to affect the fiber, but not in this case. This was the most impressive independently dyed fiber I've ever spun with, with this much saturation. Usually I've noticed it's like purples and reds, 
that dye for some reason just sticks to the fiber and is stuck in the final product and really affects it, but that is not the case. I will 100% go back over to Fuzzy Bunny Fibers and check out her Etsy shop and see if she has any more of these brilliantly high saturated dyes because her preparation is awesome and she did a fantastic job and I can greatly appreciate that. And it looks like she took a great deal of time making sure the final product was easy to spin and well prepared. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, so what we have is some Superwash Blue Face Luster Nylon Bamboo and Rayon from Dragon's Wool. It wasn't a horrible spin. It was a little schlubby. The dye job's pretty good. The nylon and rayon and bamboo add a nice little luster to the fiber. But I would say that it wasn't like as mind-blowing as spinning the merino or the fuzzy bunny. It was just spinning an average fiber. So not horrible, not the greatest. Like it didn't blow me off my feet. I wouldn't be as inclined to buy something from dragon wool as I would be from Wooly Bully Fiber or from Fuzzy Bunny. Next, Silver Spun Alpaca contributed some alpaca, merino, and silk. I don't know what it is, but I don't think alpaca and I like one another. Alpaca is a fiber that is definitely a little coarser to me. It's a longer fiber. It spun up fantastically. There were just a couple little sections where the silk wasn't like blended. It was impossible to draft, and I had to pull little bits out and set them aside because I wasn't going to like reprocess this little mini bat. It was a half ounce. But other than the little silk schlubs, it's spinning up really well. Uh, that dye job is pretty much all purple and white. And it's a pretty stark contrast. And it's yielding a, a really nice fiber. I kind of like it. But ugh, the, I think it's just the consistency of the alpaca on my hands that I'm not a fan of. My mom is trying to convert me into an alpaca lover because she's really close to two or three farms where she lives in Pennsylvania that are a part of an alpaca co-op, and she loves them. But spinning this alpaca has not been super soft. I don't know what it is. I think it's just me, because this is the second time I've had this, a similar feeling about spinning alpaca. The bat was well prepared, and the dye job was good. And that, my friends, is all I have to say about the first five samples from this Wisteria box. And I will be sure to list links to all of these folks' Etsy shops and websites so that you can go over and check out their product for yourself. And if you have any additional questions about any of these things, feel free to shoot me a note. And next week, I will let you know how they plied up and how they washed up. And that's all I've got. I put my spin on it. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for the game changer. I know, right? I've totally been beating around the bush about this for, what, two weeks now? It must be driving you batty. And I'm going to continue to be around the bush for just another couple, you know, 45 seconds or so, because, because I feel I have to. Now, in roughly, oh, I don't know, 85 days or so, my life is going to change dramatically. I debated on whether or not to tell you about this at all. However, it will impact my crafty life greatly, and it may impact the podcast. But I'm going to try to prevent that, because I love you guys. And recording every week is really a part of my sanity. Having someone to talk to about my crafting life really is a saving grace, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. So I will do my very best to make sure this does not affect my crafty life. I've been really nervous about telling you guys my big secret, and that's because, you know, I swear probably the minute that it comes out of my mouth, some of you will stop listening to the show and never come back. There may be jaws dropping. I'm not exactly sure how everyone's going to react. However, 
it will probably affect my listenership. That, that's really, that's probably the big fear. You know what I mean? Like, are people going to stop listening? But anyhow, I'm going to do my very best to not let this affect the content of the podcast. Now, with all that said, here goes nothing. In mid-May, I leave for training. And by the first week of June, I will start a 12-month deployment. I will find myself at an undisclosed location in Southwest Asia for 12 months. I know, right? How about that moment of pause I gave you to soak that in? It is something that none of us really want to do. It's not like some other deployments that you've heard of in the past, like the way my career field's set up and the way that I'm assigned. This isn't like my entire unit shipping out. This is like a onesie-twosie billet. I'm going to pack up my stuff, and I'm going to go to an existing location, and I'm going to do a job for 12 months. That should be okay. I should have lots of crafting time. We're only going to be working like half days. Every day. You know, like 7 to 7 or 8 to 8. That's a half day, right? But this is going to impact the podcast because, like, I have to find a creative way to knit and spin and sew in, you know, a less technologically advanced location than I am in right now. Right now, I've got my entire craft room at my disposal, but there is certainly not room to take all this stuff with me. I'll be leaving the spinning wheel behind. I will be leaving the sewing machine behind. And anything that I do, I am going to have to revert back to, like, rudimentary ways of performing our craft. Any sewing I want to do is going to have to be hand stitching. I mean, even taking a ball winder is pretty much out of the question. I'm not going to have room for that. I can't take my entire stash with me, that's for sure. So I'm going to have to find creative ways to do what we do in a location for less. Now, it might be a fun opportunity. We will just have to see how that pans out. But just so you know, I am not going to, like, change the content of the podcast. This podcast will not become about me being deployed. If there is a demand for it, once this all kicks off, I might add, you know, a little two or three minute section that gives you guys an update on how I'm doing in that respect. But uh, I really think I'm going to be going back to the old way of doing things when it comes to knitting and spinning and sewing. And hopefully y'all enjoy hearing about that part of my life. So for those listeners who won't be returning, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, it's my life. This is what I do. I have a commitment to serve the military and I'm going to lands unknown. No, it's not. It's not really lands unknown. I just know, I know exactly where I'm going. I just can't spout all the details of it over the airwaves because that's not the right thing to do. But I will tell you this, I will be doing an office job that is pretty much exactly like the office job I do now. Just the subject matter will change a little bit based on my location. I got in on the ground floor of a 12-month deployment, so I was able to be a little bit picky about where I go. And of course, because of my family, and I picked the safest possible location. I mean, that just makes sense, right? If you're given a choice, you're going to weigh your odds and try to literally stay out of the line of fire. So that's what I did. And, well, I really don't know what else to say about it. I will start a thread over on Ravelry, And feel free to email me or shoot me private messages or anything like that if you want to talk about it in more or greater detail. Um, In the next 85 days or so, there will be some discussion on what I'm doing to prepare myself and how I'm going to travel with crafting, right? This is definitely not just going to live in Japan for a month or anything like that because they have yarn stores. I'll be without yarn store. I'll be without fabric store. I will be without knit night. <laughs> so it, it's gonna, there's going to be some changes. However, I will do my very best to keep the subject matter the same. And hopefully, once I'm there and all is settled, I should be able to stay on relatively the same recording schedule. It might go to every two weeks. 
but I'm going to a location that has relatively good internet access and things like that because it's been established for a long time. And that's the hope and the plan. So I think I'll close that out for now because I don't know what else to say. And that's what I've got. All right, folks, after that shock and awe, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Thank you all so very much for tuning in every week, and I hope you all come back next week. I wanted to remind everybody that the January-February donation incentive closes out on February 28th, so anyone who is interested in being entered into a drawing to win my handspun, drop over to the show notes page and click on the Donate tab. You can see photos of the handspun, and you will find the proudly displayed donation button. And that's really all I've got this week. And as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, I'm going to insert a song into the podcast by The Band. The Band's name is Phil Stendek. I'll link to his website and his contact information, but he I'll pick whichever song is best from his horrible CD. He really did a much better job in person, but he was a lot of fun. So if you're in the Metro East area and you happen to see that he's playing, He's a blast, and he does a really good job. He's way better live than he is recorded. But I'll pick the best one, and I will be sure to add that at the end of this podcast. As always, you can get all the details about this episode and the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at joyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. You can catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl, or follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon.